To sign up for our announcements, send a blank email to radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. That's radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Okay, good afternoon or evening, everybody. Um, Today we're going to talk about negative thoughts, and this is kind of a spinoff from last week's presentation, but... um, A lot of times we do have negative thoughts and those thoughts tend to hold us back from accomplishing goals or just doing whatever. Um, So um, basically negative thoughts are always accompanied by judgmental phrases and those might be should, have to, um, can't, well, will never, you know, things like that. Um, but they're always accompanied by a, a judgmental phrase or a general phrase, a statement like no one or everyone, um, things like that. So um, negative thoughts basically are, Oops. We, we get these negative thoughts from messages that we've heard usually throughout a lifetime or it could just be a period of time but they're usually from people who are pretty significant like family friends significant others um and society and we as blind people tend to have a lot of negative thoughts because of the stereotypical beliefs about people who are blind um so then we bring those into our own psyche and, and we continue to relive them over and over. So what we're going to talk about today is how you can change that, how you can um, stop these negative thoughts because they are the things that foster your beliefs about yourself, your ability and your worth or value as a person. Um, if somebody has told you all your life that you'll never accomplish anything, you may believe that you will never accomplish anything. Or if maybe you've gotten involved in a relationship and um, that person put you down, even if you had a a pretty high self-esteem before the relationship, you'll notice that your relation, I mean, your, your self-esteem is starting to really suffer. Um, or, you know, many people, uh, sighted people, they, they have really no idea what people who are blind can do. And so they'll tell you that you can do this or that, or you can't do this or that. And unfortunately, even rehab counselors, teachers at school, you know, all kinds of people have had some real negative influence by um, telling us what we can and can't do. When... You know, maybe there's some truth to it. Maybe there's no truth to it. But um, it's it's what we need to figure out what we can and can't do. 
So the negative thoughts keep us from taking chances or risk on something that we want. Um, It contributes to depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, and fear. So what do you do about that? Well, the first thing is identify the the negative thought. And the the negative thought is going to be the automatic thought. When you think about doing something, what is your first thought? And so what you do is focus on the event, what's going on, what were you thinking about, what did you want to do, um, and what was your first thought? Now, is it, oh, I can't do that, or uh, I'll never be successful with that. So you have to identify that automatic thought. Then what you do is think about that negative thought and how do you feel emotionally? Most people, when they recognize negative thoughts, they don't feel very well. They feel sad, maybe angry, maybe anxious, maybe even more fearful than they were to begin with. Um, So think about how you feel emotionally and think about how you feel physically. You might notice that your stomach is feeling a little sick or nauseous, uh, that you have a headache, Um, So think about how you feel, both emotionally and physically, when you think about those negative thoughts. And if you can write them down or get a recorder, this is really helpful for the rest of the the, um, thing that is is important. Um, Think about where did you hear that? Who, Who told you these things? Because the negative thoughts don't just come... Um, to us without any, somewhere we've heard it before or somewhere we have decided to believe this. So think about who told you that and then think about that person. Um, Is the person, are they always right? If they are, good luck because I don't know anybody who's always right. Um, Are they an expert about you? They might be an expert in the field of blindness, or they might be an expert in the field of mental health, or they might be a medical expert, but are they your expert? Do they know you? Because there's a big difference. Um, You know, sometimes professionals may very well have a lot of expertise, but they don't necessarily know you. Have you ever done something even though you had the same thought? Or the similar thought? And were you successful? For example, um, if you think about you want to learn a new computer program, well, what else have you learned um, in technology? Have you been successful with it? Nine times out of ten you have. I mean, we've all learned, um, you know, even, even the library cartridge player or cassette players or CDs or uh, TVs, you know, whatever it is you know, that is a form of technology. So if you were successful doing that, there's a good probability you will, or then there's a good probability that you could also learn a new computer or a new phone system or, you know, how to use an iPhone or an Android, something like that. 
um, because you didn't just automatically know how to use a cassette recorder or the book player from the library. And people say, well, you know, it's easier. It's not as difficult. Well, maybe. Um, you know, it, it may be or may not be, but the point is you, you learned it. So there's a good probability that you could learn something else. So think about, you know, that. Have you ever done something, even though you had that thought and you were successful? Um, then it's time to start reprogramming yourself because you don't want to just keep thinking the same negative thoughts over and over. If you do that, then you're going to um, then you're going to just you know allow yourself to be held back, and it's you holding yourself back. It's not other people at that point. So, what you do is replace the negative thought or the negative word with a positive one, even if you don't believe it, even if you don't feel it. Um, I can't ever learn an iPhone to I can learn an iPhone. Or no one likes me to some people like me. Most people like me. Um, I will never be included to... I can be included, or I have been included in the past. You know, things like that. So change your negative words to positive words, even if you don't believe them, even if you don't feel it at the time. And keep repeating it and think about how do you feel emotionally. Well, most people, once they start thinking more positive, they start to feel better. They might even notice that they're smiling or, you know, they just, feel a little bit more uplifted, um, and then think about how you feel physically. You might notice that your stomach doesn't hurt, your headache isn't as bad, you don't feel as tired, you know, you have more energy. So then think about who in your life would agree with your positive statement that you're making to yourself, your positive statement, you know, I can learn the iPhone. Who in your life would agree with that? Because you probably have people who would agree with the positive statements. <clears throat> and then think about, do you trust or respect that person? You know, do you, do you value their opinion? Probably, if you really think a lot of that person. And then make it a point to keep repeating that positive phrase until you come to a decision about whether this is something that you want to pursue or not. So um, that's basically how you, you reprogram these negative thoughts. And it's, it's kind of like an old negative tape. You've got to somehow stop that negative tape. And the only way you're really going to do that is by changing the negative thoughts into positive thoughts. And, and thinking more positively. And then as you do that, you're going to start to try new things. You're going to start to venture out. You're going to feel a little bit more confident, you know, in, in what you want to do. And you're going to realize the difference between there are sometimes some things that we just simply can't do. Maybe we don't have 
site and it requires site. Maybe we don't have the money. Um, maybe we don't have other resources. You know, there are some things that we just simply cannot do. But you're going to start realizing the difference between what you really can't do, that's reality, and what you're telling yourself that you can't do, which is probably not based on reality. That's based on these negative thoughts. So I know I went through that pretty quickly, and um, I'm going to go through it briefly again just in case, you know, you're taking notes or whatever. So the negative thought is that automatic thought. That's the thought that you have when you think about doing something or you, you somebody invites you somewhere or whatever. So then you think about how you feel. You identify that thought. What did you just say to yourself? And was it negative or positive? If it was negative, think about how you feel emotionally and physically. Where did you first hear it from? Who said it to you? And then think about, is that person that you heard it from always right? Are they an expert about you? Not are they an expert in the field, but are they an expert about you? And they're probably not because you're your own expert. You know yourself better than anybody in the whole world could or will ever know you. And then think about, have you ever done something, even though you had a similar thought, but you did it with success? Think about that because you've got to prove to yourself somehow that that negative thought is correct. That negative thought is accurate. Um, or you've got to disprove, which however you want to look at it, you've got to disprove that negative thought. If you come away with the idea that that negative thought is absolutely 100% true, indisputable, non-negotiable, uh, you've done a lot of work because most of the time people cannot really prove negative thoughts are true. Um, then what you do is replace the negative word with a positive one. Can't becomes can. Won't becomes will. Um, never becomes sometimes or, um, you know, something more positive because nothing is all or, or never. So you've got to come up with an in-between word. Um, no one likes me becomes some people like me or most people like me or a few people, um, like me, whatever it is. Um, so then once you do that, you, you say that positive thought to yourself or you read it or, you know, keep, keep repeating it and think about how you feel emotionally and physically. Then once you do that, you figure out who in your life would agree with your positive statement. And think about how you feel about that person. Do you trust that person? Do you respect them? Um, and think about how many people would agree with your positive statement. Then you keep saying it to yourself over and over until you reach a point where you can actually make a decision based on positive thoughts 
versus the negative thoughts. And that's how you're going to succeed. And the reason we look at the way we feel emotionally and physically is because a lot of people may not recognize that they have been sitting there thinking very negatively for a period of time. But what they do realize is that they have a headache or all of a sudden they don't feel very well. So once you recognize or or you're just feeling down, sometimes people say, I'm feeling down for no reason. Well, there's probably a reason you're feeling down and probably what you've been thinking is negative thoughts. Um, So once you recognize how you feel physically or emotionally, you can look at your thoughts and say, wait a minute, what has been going on? What have I been thinking about? And how have I been thinking about it? Because if you've been thinking negatively, that's a, negatively, that's a really good cue that, of what's going on. So, you know, um, we have time, a lot of time for some questions and thoughts and some comments. Um, Cindy will help you get that done. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. You ready? Okay. Well, we're going to first, I'm going to go through the commands for those of you who may be uh, new to the group. And also remember, if you go to unmute yourself, when we ask you to unmute, you're having problems because a lot of times, you know, Zoom can be annoying. Don't worry. I will come right back to you. So just work at it. Um, I'm sorry, but I cannot unmute you, but I will come right back to you, okay? So if you are on your landline, star six, mute and unmute. Star nine is raise and lower your hand, and those are toggles. So, And if you are on your computer, Alt-A, mute and unmute. Alt-Y, raise and lower hand, and these are all toggle keys. And if you are on a smartphone... To mute and unmute, it's the lower left-hand corner. And your lower right-hand corner is the low, raise and lower your hand. And the Mac commands are command shift A, mute or unmute. And option Y is to raise, um, and option Y is low, raise and lower your hand. And you have five hands up. I kept carrying everybody's. Hand up, hand up. So, um, all right. So, are you ready? Let me get back up I'm here. Ready. All right. Now we have two Karens. We have Karen M and Karen. So, Karen, you can unmute yourself. <laughs> I just wanted to reinforce something Jesse said. I know there's no way to. I mean, to, I'm not changing what she said or anything, but to. To, to point out how what people say to you can affect you the rest of your life. Um, when I was in school for the blind, I had a house mother that I really thought highly of because she had started the same time I did, and we'd gotten close over the years. And when I was in high school, one day I walked down the hall, and I was the subject of their conversation. They didn't know I was there, and she said that I would never amount to anything and I've never forgotten that. And, and yeah. it, you know, it comes into my mind all the time, her saying that. And I, you yeah. know, need to. 
And that's crazy because that was years and years and years ago that she said it. She's no longer even living anymore. Um, but, you know, the things people say, they, they do affect your life. Yes, it does. Um, it, it's often in childhood or, yeah. you know, our adolescence when we hear these 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 comments or we're told whatever. Um, it does. And you really have to work very hard to, you know, dispel that, that negativity. Yeah, because whenever something, and I've, you know, I've gone to college and I've worked 36 years and but I always tell myself it's not good enough. You know, you didn't work as a, I don't know, a lawyer or something, you know, very big and important. But the fact that I worked, I worked, you know what I mean? But you think, well, it wasn't good enough. You really didn't. Yeah. It's, it's, it's strange how that can come into your head and do that to you. Yes, it is. And, you know, it's really bad when you do respect the person, you like the person, and, and you thought that they respected you as well, and then you hear something like that that just devastated. It, it really was. Yeah. And all these years later, it's I can hear her saying it in my mm. head. Mm. Okay, you ready? Okay, Annie, you want to unmute yourself, please? Hello, can you hear me? Yep. Okay. I'm wondering too if you could talk about the other ex- the other extreme because well there was actually a time in my life when there were people who believed that I was good at everything because um not only, you know, have I always been you know, felt very good about my singing, but I also was really good at remembering dates when I was maybe 7 years old, I discovered that I could remember like many people's birthdays in my class, like practically everybody's birthday. I memorized phone numbers and I was fairly good at math. And that's part of the re- I mean, despite besides kindergarten teachers and that getting mad at me when I would get the wrong answers to a question, when I found out that there was a subject that I wasn't good at, or I didn't do that well and test now all of a sudden I'm not good at everything. Um, so a lot of times when we're told that we are the best singer, the best cheerleader, you know, the best whatever, we have that in our minds too and become arrogant. So I'm wondering um, if you could speak to that extreme and how do we find that balance? Well, you're right. And it is hard to balance that out because people are often, you know, told that they're, I mean, then you have to base that on reality. Um, And so, whether you realize that you're not good about uh, at something um, or you're hearing negative stuff from other people, um, it, it's important to start thinking about reality. Is everybody that you know good at everything that they do? Probably not. There were not. people that I <laughs> believe were good at everything. Hmm? There were people that I was convinced were good at everything, especially right. if they were getting but, like, but now that you think year. about that, you realize, you know what, there are some things they're not so good at. Um, then you start realizing that it's okay that you aren't good at everything because it's impossible to be good at everything. Um, but, you know, that is why how many people fall into perfectionism because uh-huh. they were told that they were good at everything and then they feel like they have to per- 
persist and persist until they are good at everything because they can't accept that you know, maybe they're not good at everything. Yeah, I mean, because intellectually, I know humility is not is recognizing that you're good, but also acknowledging the kindness of other people that because they're you're grateful that they recognize that about you. Yeah, and and being okay with or recognizing that it's okay, it's okay not to have become an attorney or, um, you know, you're good at math, but maybe you're not good at, I don't know, reading or whatever it might be, but. Um, and it's okay. It's okay not to be good at everything. It's okay not to have, you know, done people have done. Maybe, maybe that wasn't your what you wanted to do, or um, whatever. And and it's okay. It doesn't mean that you haven't accomplished things, or you know been okay with where you are mm-hmm. thank you mm-hmm. okay Chris you want to unmute yourself please hello I'm here um, my my uh, question kind, kind of dovetails on Annie's here because I um, I am intelligent my family taught me how to be, you know, just really be successful if I can. And they were going to show me how to do things. They didn't say I couldn't do stuff. Never did. And they wanted me to do stuff. The problem is I'm one of those people with spatial awareness problems. Not horrible. I can, I can have days where I'm absolutely right on spot on and days when I'm not. But um, my successes in learning, especially things with, like the iPhone, where you have to put your hand, your finger right on the touch ID, and my spatial awareness puts me somewhere else, that kind of thing. Um, my successes, though, in anything, come with hard-won struggle. I go through horrible struggles before I succeed. And sometimes it is so exhausting and people get so sick of hearing me talk about it, which I don't blame them for. (laughs) But I do not succeed at most things very easily at all. I'm not a quick learner. So, uh, and, and I didn't, I thought I was. Oh, how hard can it be? I can do this. No, I messed it up. So what what could be said to someone like that? The automatic thought came from me, not from my family, not from my husband, not from my friends. Well, um, you know, part of that is that you know that it takes you a little bit longer than maybe you think that it does other people. Mm-hmm. to learn things and you know that what you have accomplished you worked extremely hard at doing um so that's not really negative that indicates that you are a determined person yes <laughs> you're a hard worker 
Um, and so those are positive things. It's okay that it takes you a little bit longer to learn things or maybe you need some different modifications, you know, to, to be able to find things or do things or whatever. Yeah, I think that is often one thing that we as blind people or, you know, we as people with other disabilities struggle with. We yeah. need modification. We're not going to be able to just look at something and and immediately, you know, tap on the whatever it is. Well, I will say that we got to find it exactly. <laughs> yeah. I will say though that I thank God for the passcode on where you could you have a backup and you can get into the the stuff you want to be in. If mm-hmm. even if Touch ID is kind of get, locked you out because you did it wrong too many times. <laughs> well, and the other thing that those of us who are older have to remember, yeah. we didn't grow up with this stuff. No, we didn't. You know, we grew up with a phone that had a big round dial thing on it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it was accessible. Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, and then it had 12 you. buttons on it. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I got that real fast. Well, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, because you yeah. learned that, you know, when yeah. you were a child. But right. now, you know, people in general don't learn as fast as, you know, after, after 40, 45, you don't learn as fast as you did when you were a kid. Yeah, that's hard. And it's true. Yeah. So thank you. At You're least welcome. we laughed. <laughs> that was good. Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> okay, Mark, you want to unmute yourself, please? Hello, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. All right. This is Mark from Northern Maine, where it was an exceptionally beautiful spring day today. But anyway, my God, this is this this is so fortuitous because um I rebel against using an iPhone. And this isn't just, gee, I can't do this because obviously I can if, um, I mean, there are people who have encouraged me. But I said, no, it's primitive. You have to swipe. You have to do the rotator cuff. Buttons, please. And I am old. I'm 64. Okay. So I'm not old, but but are you? <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it's like I didn't grow up with this stuff. Yeah, I grew up with a dial phone or a touch tone where you actually had real live buttons that you could push um, and um, learn that pretty quickly. So the iPhone thing, it's like, and I, I do have a tendency to rebel against just because the people around me are into this really fancy schmancy technology doesn't mean that I need to be necessarily. It's okay, like, and that's a healthy attitude. Okay. That is a healthy attitude. Mm-hmm. I kind of appreciate yeah. that because I really, yeah. I've been told, hey, dude, get a real phone. You know, um, and um, I, when I came back from Florida two weeks ago, I immediately went and got another flip phone. Um, and I like this flip phone. It's a little more advanced, but I like it. Um, and um, and it's. I think what happened to me, though, was that when I started using the iPhone, um, I no longer had my backup phone to rely on. And I was feeling really, really vulnerable without knowing how to call people. And... Um, I mean, to corral a sighted person in, into my apartment for a while. And I just, I'm not going to do this. And so I 
called the phone company and had them reprogram my old phone. But, um, and I've never quite, you know, gotten past that, I'm afraid. Um, and, um, and I'm a little bit rebellious that a company like Apple, I tend to say a lot of things in political terms. Um, and um, wants people like me to boost its profits by eliminating competition. So I'm like, no, thank you. I'll do it when I'm ready to, or you're going to have to force me to. It's, um, it's kind of, there's a kind of rebelliousness there, but, um, um, and, um, you know, I suppose it's pointless, but it's there. I'm not going to ignore it. Um, As far as those kinds of um, things that we say to, or that people have said to us, um, yeah, I've had people, not so much my parents, but, um, you know, um, you know um, I've had people I've known tell me, not so much you're not going to make anything of yourself, but um, my parents, in fact, would kind of had the attitude I can do anything, the same kind of thing. And, um, or, um, you know, uh, sorry, uh, my jaws is doing its thing. Um, you know, or um, when I had problems with Zoom, I really felt kind of dumb because everybody else around me seemed to be getting this. And I'm like, you know, um, and there was a friend of mine who was trying to help me and she was sounding exasperated. Okay. And I'm thinking, Oh God, this is going to be a deal breaker for us. She thinks I'm dumb probably. Um, And she didn't, but it was something that um, I kind of had to address with her. It's like, okay. Um, Because um, I, when it comes to a new piece of technology, but I think the other thing too that's important is that yeah, I did learn to use the um, cassette, the the cartridge player that the library, the digital. And yes, I do know how to work with Bard, um, and um, kind of produce my own book library, you know. Um, and I I can do this stuff. Um, so that you know, so there are technology successes. Yes, I do email. Um, and um, I'm on Zoom, you know, so um, there are technology successes. Um, so it's not always going to be a matter of, well, I can't do this, you know. So I need to recognize that there are technology successes in my past and present. So there you go. Thank you. Well, I think as, as you know, very often we are too hard on ourselves um, and we, we get the idea that everybody is using, and here you go with these generalizations, mm-hmm. everybody is using a smartphone. So therefore, there's something wrong with us if we don't use a smartphone. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not using a smartphone. A lot of people still use flip phones. Thank God. And I know quite a few people who... <laughs> They're using flip phones to make phone calls and that kind of thing. And they're using, you know, tablets or iDevices or uh-huh. whatever to do computer stuff because it saves them money. There you and go. it works. And it works. <laughs> and it works. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think that we really have to be careful not to buy into this, this ideation that we have to use what everybody else uses. If it doesn't work for you, don't use it. Don't worry about it. And if it does work for you, keep using it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Karen M, you want to unmute? Okay, I'm trying to remember my various comments here. My first comment is, if people say to you, oh, you'll never do that, you can't do that, I suggest that we look at that person and see where they are in their lives. I think when people say that, they, they have they done it? Probably not. Um, are they fearful? They're probably, you know, because they're fearful for themselves of doing something, they can't possibly understand how a visually impaired or other dis- person with a disability can do anything. But in reality, we do a lot more than other people just to get by. Um, I know for me, I mean, I can't see street signs or anything. And I have to like really plot my my way <laughs> and, and do extra work. Um, and then the other, the other thing, so I would look at the person, like where are they? Um, a really successful person would probably be your supporter and say, yes, you can do it. And because they have self-confidence, they feel that, you know, pretty much anything can be done and they, we need to support each other. And I would try to avoid the negative people. I I know I told the story a few months ago when I tried to move out of my house um, in Suffolk County, Long Island, when I was 20 something, Um, my mother was hysterical. Well, for one, she lived in the same house forever. For two, she, um, I guess she was fearful because of my vision. You know, she had no concept, but I was so determined. I just did it. Um, And it was, it was, it was scary for me, especially with someone screaming at me that I can't do it, but (laughs) I did it. And, um, and I figured it out. Um, The other thing is some people fully sighted people use flip phones for whatever reason they choose to. Um, And so that's fine. Um, I recently told a person that um, I had started out um, in grad school to get a CPA. And I decided I just couldn't stand it. Um, And it was just because I'm not I'm detail-oriented, but I didn't really care if my numbers balanced or not. And so the reaction was, oh, because of your eyes? Everything is because of your eyes? No, I am an individual with certain likes and dislikes, and it's not because of my eyes, just because, uh, like other people, they don't want to be an accountant because, I don't want to um, offend anyone, because it's boring, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's not because of their eyes or their whatever. It's we all have different personalities and different likes. And um, and I think I forgot one of my topics. But, um, you know, we we do a lot more than other people just to get by. And we don't have to be we have to be happy within ourselves. You know, you could be a lawyer. And totally unhappy. You could hate what you do and dread going to work every day. Or, you know, or you could have a simple job like a Walmart reader or whatever. We don't even have a Walmart here, but um, and 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 you're content, you're happy with yourself. 
you know, happiness comes from within. It doesn't matter what other people say because they're having their own struggles and they're just fearful. They can't imagine what life would be like if they had a visual impairment or anything else. So, you know, I guess, I guess that's it. <laughs> well, you were so right, and thank you for sharing. And the one thing that I wanted to say is a lot of times when people project negative statements onto us, it's because they feel negative. They feel insecure. Maybe the person who um, told Karen that she would never amount to anything felt like she hadn't amounted to as much as maybe she would have liked to. So then she decided, you know, that this or that person wouldn't amount to whatever as well. So, you know, a lot of times they are, they're speaking out of their own insecurities and their own fears and it has nothing whatsoever to do with us. Okay. You ready? You have four raised hands, uh, Jesse and Pam. You want to unmute yourself, please? Yes. Oh, wow. What a fantastic call this is today. Um, I agree with <laughs> everything that's been said uh, because I've had experiences on both sides. I've had people tell me, oh, you'll never be any good at filling the blanks because, and they give you this reason and you think, what does that have to do with whether I'm good at something or not? And oftentimes the one that the ones that tell you you can't are the ones that really are insecure themselves. Or mm-hmm. uh, I have one acquaintance that's always telling me, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. Well, that person and no offense to anyone in their 80s, because I know <laughs> people in their 80s who are really sharp. But this particular person is one who is in her 80s and having a lot of health conditions. And she's getting to the point where she almost can't even get around on her own. I mean, she's just its very sad. I don't wish that on anyone. And so you really do have to look at where are these negative thoughts coming from? And if I can offer some encouragement is that, well, for instance, I came to technology very late. Yes, I used uh, oh, a, a old-fashioned phone. Yes, I remember the rotary dial phones <laughs> very well. Um, but... What finally got me into learning a thing or two about a computer was I was almost 60 years old. I'm not telling what I am now. I'm well over 60. But I was almost 60 years old, had never used a computer, never sent an email, never done anything like that. But I realized that there was so much information that I needed to have access to. And that's an important thing right there. You realize, okay, I need to have access to this information in order to gain access to it. I need to learn 
to use a computer. And that was what got me determined to make an effort. I went to the computer store, will remain anonymous, but I purchased a computer. I started learning how to use it, got a lot of help from friends, got a lot of help from uh, accessibility resources, if you will. And no, I don't know everything about computers. I don't know everything about an iPhone, but I use both. And um, I, most of the time when I need to be able to do something on either device, if I can't figure out how to do it myself, I find someone who does know how and I ask questions. I'm still playing catch up, but learning how to at least manage on those devices literally changed my life. And that's awesome. And, and I'm yes, sorry to interrupt, but we it, have some other questions. Yes. Yeah. It, it so. really did. And so if you feel like you're uh, like you can't do something, uh, look at the uh if I at least make an effort to do this, think of all the gains. I'm going to gain more even than the struggle of having to learn how to use this stuff. And that's a great motivator. Yes. Hey, um, Jesse, Thanks. you have three hands up, okay. two of which are new people and one repeat. So we'll do the two who haven't had an opportunity. Okay? Yeah. Okay, Beth, you want to unmute yourself, please? Hello, Jesse. How are you? I'm doing good. I I still use an old-fashioned uh, flip phone, um, and I want to learn the iPhone, but um, right now I'm in a place where, uh, well, I need to... I've had problems activating the one I have. Mm-hmm. simply because I don't have the passcode anyway. But there was another incident that took place the other night where a guy is willing to give me, he's my dentist. He's willing to give me a, a MacBook from 2008. But yesterday he told me he put in, he's going to have a new operating system put in it. He put in a new battery and people stand there and tell me I shouldn't accept his help. Because of his faith. To me, faith is not that important that you shouldn't accept people's help. I don't care. It makes you almost resent church. Because I'm kind of rebellious, you know. To, well, you, you can certainly but I mean, the guy is going to give it to me. Okay. Awesome. And I told him, I'll pay you back. And he's like, no, I had to buy a new one for my son. This is just sitting here. Okay, and he's willing to do all that, and and to me, faith is not that important. That you you have to. I mean, I I like everybody else came to technology kind of late, but I figure, wow, why should I for why should I give that up just for faith? Well, there's no reason. What's to faith anyway? You know what I mean? There's no reason to reject an offer of help. 
So exactly. don't, don't buy into their my, negativity. My thoughts exactly. Like, like some people of faith are very humanitarian, but they say, oh, no, all they want is to get you into their faith. No. So what? It makes okay. you almost not even want to go to church. Uh, I'm sorry that that's happened. Um, okay, let's get to the Jesse, Carla Hayes, you want to unmute yourself, please? Yes, I'm really. Thank you, Jesse. I'm really enjoying this, and thank you, thank you. And can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Two things. Um, first of all, I, something that I, I just I'm having trouble overcoming. I had an algebra teacher when I was in school, and he used. I was really bad in math, and I still am. But he used to take my algebra papers that were all mistakey and read them in front of the whole class and say, hmm, algebra made interesting by Mary Carla Hayes. And he'd make fun of me in front of all my friends and just cut me down to size. Uh, now, I, in my life, um, when I can't do something, I hear this voice, hmm, whatever it is, computer made interesting by Mary Carla Hayes or something goes wrong <laughs> on cleaning the house. Housework made interesting <laughs> get rid of this it's like an old tape and i even fantasize about taking an old-fashioned bulk eraser and putting it up to my head and just going getting rid of that and then you can't do that but that's just a science fictiony sort of thing and i just don't know and it's taught me how not to teach as a teacher and it's just there we go you learn something positive yeah, it's just cut me down to size, but beyond size. And I don't know how to overcome it because it's held me back. But I just want to say one positive thing, too, and I'm going to shut up. Um, but uh, I think that'll make a lot of people happy. But anyhow, um, I always think, you know, if somebody's not good at something, and I always tell my students this, think of it, and I teach at a Christian school, so I can get away with this. Think of life as, this is my philosophy of life. It's like, imagine you're playing in a big band, okay? And the Lord is like the band director, and he has a score. He has all the parts. And if everybody played first alto saxophone, where would be the trombones, and where would be the drums? And if there weren't second and third and fourth alto saxes playing the bit parts, where would be the harmony? And everybody has something to do, and everybody's given a talent. You know, it's like, um, you know, in, in language, I mean, I, I love to do technical translating, and most people find that boring. But, some, you know, it's not boring to me. It's exciting to have obscure verbs and machine parts and things like that. And I, I just get, you know, I mean, but other people find that boring. But if everybody found it boring, it wouldn't get done. And so that's what I tell my students, that, to sort of, that education should be about discovering your talents and everything. But I still haven't come I've gotten um, by those old negative tapes about everything made interesting by Mary Carla Hayes. And I was wondering if you had any advice about that. Well, the next time you hear those negative tapes, just actually say, shut up, voice, or shut up, whoever. Um, just, just tell it. You know, be quiet. I'm not listening to you anymore. And every time you hear that, just keep saying, be quiet. I'm not listening to you anymore. You play no part in my life. And furthermore, you learned something positive from that. You learned how to encourage students and how to teach. So think about that. Thank you so much. And again, thank you for all these calls. You are welcome. You're fabulous. (laughs) Okay, Jesse, you have two, uh, two raised hands. 
And you have eight minutes left, so that might do it. Okay. Okay. So we have two more. Sherry, you're up. You want to unmute, please? Hey, Jesse. I finally got another one of your calls. This is Sherry from Orlando. And I, I have, I guess this is sort of in line with what you're talking about. How do you get rid of a feeling and you know you have a task to do and you feel overwhelmed? Like I just tell myself, I, I'm just never going to be able to get this done. So then I don't do it. I, I moved into my uh, condo from my house and I have a lot of, I have several boxes I have never, ever unpacked. Obviously, it's stuff I don't totally need. Um, and they're just sitting there and it's been a couple of years and I just, I look at them and I see them every day and I think I really should go through these and see if I want anything. And it just over, the thought of it overwhelms me. And I don't know why. I don't, how do I get past that? Step back and make a plan. I'm going to go through two boxes a day or one box a day or, you know, six boxes a week, whatever it's going to be. And then I'm going to do that at 10 o'clock a.m., so you make your plan. What is it going to be? And when are you going to do it? And then that's what you do. You yeah, know, I'm so I'm terrible at goal setting, it but that's a good idea. That's a good yeah. idea. Uh-huh. A or I'm going to give myself, you know, from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock to go through as many boxes as I can. And if I get through one, that's fine. If I get through six, that's fine. <laughs> that's yeah, what you're that's- going to do. And Sherry, that's, that's why we comprise the procrastination. That's right, Mark. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse, it's uh, seven minutes. And Thanks, Karen, Jesse. you're next. You want to mute? I was just wondering, and I know there's no answer to this, but it seems like anytime you're in a group of other blind people, everybody is so... You know, if you're not perfect, they they let you know it, and they let you know why. But it's things we've all talked about. You know, say you don't fix gourmet meals. What is something wrong with you? You know, but there are sighted people who eat out, or all the drive-throughs wouldn't be so busy, or, or they don't cook big meals for you know ten people. Or, but it's not all right if we don't do that, mm-hmm. or if we don't like we talked about using the iPhone, you know, or using a computer or anything. There's people, people that don't work at all, but they look down on you for maybe you have a menial job to them, but they'd rather not work at all and look mm-hmm. down on you. But, and they could work at the same place you're working because they live right where you work and the place might be hiring anybody they could get, but they won't do it. Well, I think, but they put I think you down. a couple things happen. <laughs> you know, blind people often aren't really aware of what other sighted people do because they may hang out with a limited number of sighted people. And so they may not really be aware of what they actually do. And so, you know, we're comparing ourselves with what we think all sighted people do without the realization that, wait a minute, a lot of them don't do that. A lot of them don't or do, you know, whatever. And the second thing is, We've always been told that we have to prove ourselves and be better than other people. And and so sometimes we forget that, first of all, that doesn't mean that we have to be better than everybody. That means that we may have to work harder. 
that we may have to prove to employers that we can do the job or whatever. But we don't have to prove ourselves to other people in, in our groups and that type of thing. But yeah, it, it's, it's sad hard. that we don't support ourselves more, support one another more. Exactly. You know, I'm glad you're working. I don't care if you're standing out on the corner selling pencils. <laughs> you know, you're doing it. You know, but instead, well, you shouldn't be selling pencils. And it's, you know, whatever. You know, I'm just using that because I thought of it. But but support uh, each other in what we're trying to do or, I or help them. I absolutely agree. You know, if somebody says they don't know how to cook, well, then... Tell them about Schwann's foods or, you know, because, well, you know, it's yeah. a company all over the, or, you know, it's a big company, so it's not just blind people using them, evidently. Yeah. A lot of people use it. But, I, again, I think that a lot of blind people don't realize or don't stop to think that, you know, these delivery companies exist because sighted people are using them, not because we are. Swan Foods exists because sighted people are using them, not because we are. Right, we're kind of a small amount of people in there, you know. Exactly, you look which at is it. why it's hard to get accessibility standards. You know, we, we fight and fight and fight and fight. Um, and, and it's hard because we're not the majority of the population using swans or shipped or Instacart. Or <laughs> well, so let's try to support one another and wherever we're at. Oh. And help them along the way instead of tearing people down, making them be negative. Absolutely. We all need to work on being more supportive of each other, and especially people who are blind, you know, like us. I just don't think other disabilities do this to one another. You know, people that are deaf, you know, do they tear each other apart, you know, or, or do they support each other? Or I honestly don't people know. People in wheelchairs, you know, I don't know. But. Yeah, I, I don't really hang out you know, with that many of them to, to really know, but All right. it would be interesting. Hey, you got one minute, 15 seconds. Okay, well, um, next week we'll talk about another topic, um, stress management. And um, so we'll be back. Thank you, Cindy and Desiree. And, and we'll thanks, all Desiree. Be back. Thanks, Jesse. You are fabulous. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, so Jesse. Much. Appreciate that. And everything everybody said, they were right.